the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Arthur Idala on AM 970. The answer. This is the Arthur Idala Power Hour with quintessential New Yorker attorney Arthur Idala, New York's go to lawyer. He's here to share his stories from in the courtroom and around the city with interviews from high profile guests and everyday folks calling in to talk about everything from politics, lifestyle, health and wellness, and more. And now your host, making the case for the city he loves, attorney Arthur Idala. Glorious day. The sun was shining and uh, it was warm, but it wasn't crazy warm. At least uh, on the island of Long, uh, it was it was a sensational uh, couple of days. I will uh, bring in a guest very very shortly who will talk about Thursday night, uh, Friday. I got, I got to go to El Carib for uh, the retirement party of Monsignor David Casada after 50 years to the day of it, of his ordination. There were 1,100 people at the El Carib Friday night to thank Monsignor Casada for all of his great works over the last 50 years. He's not disappearing. I just think he's dialing back a little bit, as he he definitely deserves to do. And there was a lot of hosting, a lot of uh, uh, acknowledgement that the summer was here. And I was going to say, you know, it could be a COVID-free summer, but no, that is far from the truth. Uh, I know plenty of folks who uh, who got the stuff. I use a little bit of a rougher term than just the just the stuff. It's another word that begins with the S. Um, but for me, obviously, the highlight was an event that I've been working on for quite some time, and uh, it was held at, Zieg- at the Ziegfeld Theater Thursday night, and um, it was a night to remember. Uh, I don't just mean for me because I was there and I'm friendly with everyone uh, in there, but I think everyone who was in attendance really, really, really enjoyed themselves. Uh, I think I'm quoted in the New York Post as saying it was more like a uh, a wedding or a bar mitzvah than a actual, um, just a formal, you know, uptight, stuffy event. And the man who made it all happen, who made it uh, easy to... Uh, have our guest or made our guest possible would be the man known as Mark M.K. McLaughlin. Mark, are you on the phone? Yes, I am. Yes, I am. Thank you, Arthur. Oh, Mark, let me tell you something, man. You brought down the house. Not only did you bring in Tracy Morgan, but you made it all happen because um, you were the one who uh, got him, you know, you got him to come in. And then, of course, you stood up and performed and you were fantastic. Well, I appreciate your kind words. I, I must say, though, I you know, like I, I played my part, and it, it, it was a team effort. It was a Friars Club team effort, and I and I'm so grateful to be the Friar, be able to um, work with you, Arthur, and Anthony, and Susan, the whole team of Friars. You know, and we ra- we raised money for 
We raise money for a great charity, uh, Stand Up for Cancer. And, uh, you know, the theme of the night really was uh, more about, it was about comeback stories. It was about Tracy Morgan's comeback story because he had that horrible car accident. He was in a coma for eight days. He had to relearn how to talk, how to walk. But it was also a New York City comeback story to see the Ziegfeld Theater packed with all these folks in their tuxedos and these beautiful women in their gowns. Um, to uh, And it was a Friars Club comeback story. You know, uh, the, the I mean, you saw, Mark, the, the, the coverage in the Daily News, the coverage on TMZ, the coverage in the Post. Uh, you know, they all acknowledged that it was a tremendous success, a triumphant <laughs> evening, and everyone just had so much fun. They did, they did. But, uh, hey, we can't leave you out, Arthur. You and Margaret Scott, you, you, you did a great, excellent job, as always. You were amazing. I do thank you for, you know, the praise you gave me in regards to singing. I just wanted to represent the Friars Club well and represent Tracy Morgan because he's a dear friend. But you did amazing. I mean, I mean, I kid you not. Like, it was very entertaining, and everybody did amazing. The roasting, it was just a beautiful How, night. how did you, how do you know Tracy? Mark, how do you know Tracy Morgan? Oh, well, you know, Tracy Morgan, a lot of people don't know this, but he sings. He has a music therapy initiative that we all do. Um, my friend um, Bernard Hawkins is a producer. He's produced uh, quite a few songs with us, and we do cover songs. There's, you know, Edson, there's, you know, there's quite a few singers that work with me, myself, and now Tracy Morgan, and we're all a team. And so that's how I know of him, because, you know, we do music together from, you know, regarding music therapy. Okay, well, listen, you're always doing something good, and Tracy's always doing something good. Listen, I know for New Yorkers, this is why this event was important. Uh, the mayor of the city of New York was there, Eric Adams. Many people on his staff were there. Our friend Frank Carone was there. The head of the communications department was there. The deputy chief of staff was there. Um, the... Uh, the, the council was supposed to be there, but I, his wife wasn't feeling well, so they didn't want to risk a, a COVID exposure situation. They realized that this was an important event for New York and a New York comeback story. Mayor Giuliani was there. Mayor de Blasio was there. Uh, you know, Geraldo Rivera was there. Janine Pirro was there. Bill Hammer was there. It was, you know, it was just, uh, and then the celebrities that were all there, the, the, the celebrities in their own right, CeeLo Green getting up there and cranking out his tunes were just fantastic. Joe Piscopo brought down the house where he stood in the middle of the ballroom, not on the stage, but in the middle of the ballroom, and sang New York, New York. I mean, it was, you know, they call me the quintessential New Yorker, but it was a, a it was really a quintessential New York moment. And Patrickle Jokers were there, too. There were so oh, they were much great. people there. There were so much people there. But, you know, like, you know, again, I can't stress it enough. You know, you know, Arthur, the Friars Club as a team, we did it. It was a great thing to see it, for me to sit back and actually, you know, it's my first event with the Friars Club, you know, I'm a newbie, but it was so beautiful to see what you guys have done to bring back the Friars and bring back Tracy's, uh, you know, bring him back to, to the stage winning awards and being recognized for the, you know, the... the, the he human, was crying, Mark, he was crying. He he shed a lot of tears, Tracy. I saw it with my own eyes. Yeah. He was so touched. And here's, yeah. here's the line that, you know, I, I stands out when at the end when he got his award. He said, you know, a lot of people stand up and say, oh, I love you, I love you, I love you. He goes, but I really love you. Because when I was in that coma for eight days, 
the only thing that brought me out of that coma was the love that you showed for me. Wow. And that's wow. why I love all of you. And, that, you know, that, that that's so genuine and so sincere. And wow. just, to, just to cap it off, Mark, the, uh, the way we really know that it was a New York City event was, I don't know about you, but I got home about 5 a.m., I mean, we went back to the Friars Club. We went from the Ziegfeld Ballroom back to the Friars Club. There was that unbelievable band that was rocking and rolling. And then even after the band stopped, we kept playing music through the sound system, having drinks with Willie behind the bar. It was a uh, a night that all New Yorkers should be very proud of. It was. You know, the Friars Club brought New York back that night to where it's supposed to be. And we need that to keep on keeping on. And I love it. And I know the Friars Club is going to do it. And here we are, Arthur. Here we are. Well, thank you. I want to thank you. Uh, Mark, keep on trucking. New Yorkers, you should feel proud that the Friars Club is is a little piece of New York. As Geraldo Rivera said, America is not America without New York. And New York is not New York without the Friars Club. So thank you for helping me uh, to do my little part and your little part in bringing this little piece of New York City back to the forefront. Teamwork make the dream work. I'm just honored to work with someone like yourself, Walter. You're, you're a trailblazer for what you do in the media and the, in the world of law. I, I do, you know, watch you, listen to you. you know, you're the most stand-up person. But I, I'd like to leave with this one thing. Tracy pulled me aside. Tracy Market pulled me aside and said, Mark, I wasn't expecting this. So kudos to the Fries Club for going above and beyond. Kudos. Well. That's that's what you're supposed to do. Justice Scalia taught me when I was a young man, if you're going to do something, you do it 100% or you don't do it at all. And we definitely did it 100%. So thanks for jumping on, Mark, and letting me uh, let brag a little bit about the, the wonderful event we had and all the hard work that we did. Thank you so much, Arthur. I appreciate you so much. All right, I'll talk to you in a little bit. Folks, We have uh, that was just my little segment of uh, patting myself on the back because we did work really hard, and it's just as me. It was the whole team. But I have uh, New York City Councilman Justice Br- Justin Brennan coming up. Um, he is chair of the Finance Committee of the New York City Council, which has a huge role uh, in the budget of New York City, the role, the, the, the budget that affects you and me and, and the Department of Sanitation and the NYPD and the FDNY and the Board of Education, the Department of Education. And, you know, uh, it really affects our lives. How about the Parks Department? Um, so stay tuned because we're going to give uh, Justin Brandon some tough questions. He is the finance chair uh, and we will um, talk to him about, you know, what he sees in the future. Uh, of the, for the budget and for the city of New York. We'll find out how it works, what his role is in the whole process, and what he sees as the future. In the future, one happy camper is lawyer slash defendant, no more, Michael Sussman, who was uh, acquitted today but for lying to the FBI when he went and said that uh, he found some evidence that uh, the Russians were involved with Trump in the 2016 election. There was a special prosecutor appointed. They tried this case with their guns blazing. And Mr. Sussman was acquitted today. Pretty interesting. So we got some big announcements coming up for Connors and Sullivan. You know why? They are going to have some free seminars where you can walk in and you could have all of your questions answered by the great one, the man who was in attendance at the Friars Club event on Thursday night, Mr. Mike Connors himself. You all know that planning for the future is important, and you want to make sure that you and your family are protected. 
wills, we're talking about trusts, we're talking about power of attorneys and healthcare proxies and living wills, your overall estate plan. So here's the deal. On Monday, June 27th, at Buckley's in Marine Park, as a storied institution, at 11 a.m. and then at 3 p.m., Mike will be there. On Tuesday, June 28th, at Conley's Corner in Maspeth, at 3 p.m. and 7 p.m., Mike Connors will be there. On Wednesday, June 29th, at the storied Greenhouse Cafe in Bay Ridge, Brooklyn, at 11 a.m. and 3 p.m., Mr. Connors will be there. And then Thursday, June 30th, at the Adria Hotel in Bayside at 11 a.m. and 3 p.m., Mike Connors will be there giving free seminars and answering your question questions. If by some reason you can't attend one of those many seminars, you can just call Connors and Sullivan at 718-238-6500, 718-238-6500. And as Mike Connors always says, the biggest mistake when it comes to estate planning is not planning at all. New York City's first and only life plan community, River's Edge, will soon be built on a 32-acre campus along the Hudson River, just minutes away from Grand Central and Riverdale. River's Edge, a community for adults ages 62 and up, combines a cosmopolitan lifestyle with the security of knowing that if your health changes, your needs can be met seamlessly right where you live. You have a life plan with easy access to uninterrupted on-site care at no additional cost, no matter how your needs change. River's Edge, your plan for wonderful. Call 844-55-RIVER. That's 844-55-RIVER or visit riversedge.org. In the wee hours of the night, when everyone else is fast asleep, you're the one on third shift, burning the midnight oil. When a part fails and everything comes to a grinding halt, regardless of what the clock on the wall says, you leap into action. Granger is with you and all the ones who get it done. With 24-7 customer support by phone or click to chat. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. Freehold Mitsubishi in Freehold Township, New Jersey, is proud to be an automotive leader in our area and sponsor of the Arthur Idala Power Hour. Mitsubishi dreamers, designers, and engineers are redefining choices in mobility for a whole new generation of independent, modern, and savvy consumers who want value, like the new redesigned 2022 Mitsubishi Outlander featuring its industry-leading Mitsubishi 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain limited warranty. Visit Freehold Mitsubishi today, freeholdmitsubishi.com, or call 732-863-27. Eight eight. my money by the who now our next guest could never be accused of that for a lot of reasons number one he's not a thief number two he went to ps 185 in bay ridge brooklyn on 86th street you're talking to author idala class 79 from ps 185 
He banged out uh, junior high school at McKinley. Then he went to Zavarian. And uh, he went on to study journalism at Fordham after uh, jumping into a rock and roll band and touring the world, literally the world, going to five countries across five continents. He came back to Brooklyn and he he wound up working with uh, the former city councilman for Bay Ridge, uh, Vincent Vincent Gentile, uh, and he then ran for Vinny's uh, office and won. And he, coincidentally, happens to be my councilman. And he now holds a very, very important position in city government. He is the chairman of the Finance Committee of the New York City Council, which has oversight over uh, all of the city agencies. They're, they're, uh, they negotiate how much money they get, and they then have oversight over their spending. Without further ado... New York City Council Finance Chairman, Justin Brennan. Hello, Justin. Hey, Artie, how are you? Thanks for having me on, man. Oh, my pleasure. First and foremost, um, tell us what what is your responsibility as the finance chair? Uh, well, I mean, uh, officially, we my committee oversees the Department of Finance and the Mayor's Office of Management and Budget, um, and as well as a few other agencies and offices. But overall, our job... Um, is to make sure that the city budget gets passed on time and to make sure that uh, we're getting a good return on our investment from the, the, the hard-earned money that our taxpayers pay in taxes. And what, when, when is the deadline for the budget to be passed? Um, you want to get it done by July 1st or else it gets, starts to get a little hairy. It's the end of the fiscal year. So All right. You want so to it's get a it month. done by midnight. Yeah. And so it's a month from tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and you know how how does that actually work? I mean, the budget for New York City is larger than most of the states in the United States of America. Um, off the top of your head, you have a, a what is the, what was the budget last year, or what should it be this year? How many billions of dollars? This year, it's it's going to be close to a hundred. Um, but one thing one thing I, I like to demystify about that, you're right in that the city budget is larger than some countries, I think, but. What, what people don't for, people forget is that we have a charter. In the charter, we're mandated to either spend or save the mo- the money that we collect. Right. So it's not like every year we sit down at a table and start at zero and just start spending until we decide we're, we're bored. We have to spend the money that the city takes in. So you want or, or, to or hold on or save it or save it. You or say, save right? it or okay. save it. It's got to be obligated in some way, but. You want the city budget to continue growing because that means that the city is still doing well. If the city budget suddenly was $20 billion less than last year, you'd have a problem. Okay. So I think, yeah, some people think that we sit down and just start ordering food until we're full, but that's not what we do. I got you. So let's talk about that for a second. Uh, you know, you hear all this stuff about people moving to Florida, and I know it's not really that much. I think they said, what, 61,000 or 64,000 people changed their, you know, officially changed their address. 64,000 out of a city of 8 million is not exist. It's not much. But, uh, you know, how, how that, have you guys seen, you know, we're in the two and a half years of the pandemic. You've been in the council long enough. Have you seen, uh, has the budget numbers gone down? Has the tax revenue gone down? We're in an interesting spot right now where our tax revenue is looking very good. It's looking better than you might think it does. The, the issue is that the city was hit so hard by COVID that the country is going to fully recover before the city of New York does. So our economists now are saying the city's probably not going to fully recover until the end of 
2024, beginning of 2025. The reason is because so much of our economy is based on tourism, which includes lots of lower-wage jobs, hospitality jobs, hotel jobs, that kind of thing. So, we're, you know, we're an anomaly. New York City is like nowhere else, and our recovery is going to take a little bit longer uh, because of that reason. However, the, the money is there. So the money is there now. And, look, I'm a big believer in you can't spend like a drunken sailor. You can't spend like there's no tomorrow. But you have to make sure that you're obligating this money and investing and doubling down on programs that, that are going to make sure that the city recovers. And that's why we feel that now is the time to invest. We don't, you know, the federal money is going to run out. We don't know what it's going to look like two years from now, but we do have the money now. So we need to save some of it in our rainy day fund. We've got to make sure our retirees are taken care of, but the rest of the money needs to be, needs to be invested. How, how is the rainy day fund? In other words, when the la- I mean, you were in the last administration and now you're in this administration. Uh, did Mayor de Blasio leave the uh, rainy day fund, fund depleted? I know Bloomberg left it pretty healthy, left a pretty healthy yeah. rainy day fund. How, how's the rainy day fund at the, uh, when an, uh, Mayor Adams took over? So we're, we're looking at that now, right? I mean, I think, you know, it, it costs a lot of money to run the city. So to, put, to, to squirrel away... $100 million in the rainy day fund and think you deserve a parade is just not right. $100 million, you could run the city for about a half an hour. So you've got to try to, put, you gotta try to park as much as you can, but you want to make sure that you're also spending and, and spending wisely. So we're, we're having discussions about that now, but I think you're going to see historic levels um, put away in the rainy day fund, and that's something that the administration and the council are both on the same page about. And let's talk about the actual budget. Who, who makes the decision the final decision about how much money the NYPD gets, how much money the sanitation department gets, how much money the fire department gets. Is that, uh, is that a negotiation uh, between the city, city council and the mayor's office? Is it a negotiation between the NYPD and the mayor's office? How, how does that work? So OMB, the, office, the, office of, the mayor's office of management and budget, they control everything. They're basically the, the city's banker. And then you have the Department of Finance and then all the other agencies. So all the agencies, basically, you start on what you got last year and you go from there. You know, where are there more needs? Where is there efficiencies that you can find? Can you cut here? Can you cut there? Can you invest somewhere else? And it's a negotiation between City Hall and, and, and City Council. And ultimately, you hope to get to a handshake where everyone can agree to, you know, agree that they got some of what they wanted, maybe not everything. That's the art. That's the art of politics, a compromise. And, you know, you, you try to fight, fight another day. And I think, um, you know, you, you go based on what was done. You know, in, in 2020, when we had, you know, the, the city budget, the bottoms fell out because of COVID. So there were cuts everywhere. You know, the NYPD cuts get a lot of attention, but frankly, every agency took a haircut of some sort. So. Now you're seeing agencies being, you know, funded again at, at historic levels because, again, the budget keeps growing. But you, but you want to be fiscally responsible, and that's something that the mayor came in on early, saying he wants to make sure he's accounting for every penny. And, frankly, for my constituents and for a lot of the, you know, my, my colleagues who represent outer borough neighborhoods, they want to feel like, look, they pay a lot of money in taxes. They want to feel like there's a tangible – they want to see tangible results. They want to see a budget that they can touch and taste and feel – not just a bunch of numbers on a page. They want to see how is their quality of life changing, how are their kids' schools getting better, is a pothole getting filled, is there job opportunity, is there affordable housing. You know, people are smart. New Yorkers are smart. And, and, and they want to see that their, their elected officials are delivering, I think, now more than ever. Well, didn't um, – I, I, 
expanding on the fact that New Yorkers are smart. You guys just had hearings, right? And didn't uh, yeah. and the hearings that were open to the public, correct? Yes. And one like, day, so we had three, two and a half weeks of of executive oversight hearings. The final day, we did a whole day of public testimony, and the, the hearing lasted almost twelve hours. We had yeah, over like, close to five hundred people speak. And so give us a little breakdown. I mean, I'm sure you could weed out, you know, the, the top part and the bottom part. But what was the median? What, what was the message from everyday New Yorkers who were coming to the city council to talk about their budget? I think everyone wants to feel safe. I think, you know, I think everyone ultimately wants to get to the same place. It's just a matter of how we get there. And everyone's got, you know, 8 million New Yorkers. We've got 10 million opinions, right? So everyone wants to get to the same place. It's a matter of how we get there. Safety, public safety is number one, and that means different things to different people. It doesn't just mean, you know, putting a cop on every corner. It means investing in education, investing in, you know, job development, youth development, um, investing in affordable housing, investing in making sure that folks are not slipping through the cracks with you know, social safety net and, and all that important stuff. Um, and then there's, there's, a big, there's a big cry now. If, this, if there was any silver lining through COVID, it was – the folks, the, the, the workers who became essential workers overnight, a lot of these folks are the people you take for granted, whether it's the guy who delivers you, you know, your pizza or it's the health care aid. It's the folks that without them, the city would frankly fall apart. But it's the people that most New Yorkers don't think about on a daily basis. And I think COVID has shown us that there's an entire workforce out there of folks who are completely indispensable. And I think it's a matter of how do we make sure that those folks aren't slipping through the cracks? And how do we, when we put the city back together after COVID? How do we make sure we put it back better than the way we found it? And I think overall, that's what you're hearing. Do you see drastic uh, changes in the NYPD budget or base or any of the you know, criminal justice, justice agency, any of the uh, units that you know, are heavily involved with crime fighting? I don't, I, don't see, I don't see that now. There's, there's no real discussion around that right now. So the way, you know, Mayor Dinkins went down to, to, the, to, to, the, uh, to Washington and got more money and uh, you don't see them somehow or another trying to lobby to get more money to put more uh, NYPD personnel, cops on the street? I mean, that's possible. But as far as in this city budget, I don't, I don't see uh, – that's not the way the negotiations are going right now. I think that – I think folks are – I think people understand a couple of things. I think we're asking our are co- asking our cops to do a bunch of stuff they didn't sign up to do, and we need cops to, to focus on catching the bad guys. And I think people also understand that there's a level of free will to being a human being and being a New Yorker. And unless we have a cop on every corner, or everyone's a personal cop. That's that's not the way it's going to work. So we have to also make investments in the things that keep that that get at the heart. Uh, uh, of crime and, and of why uh, we're in a, we're in a situation that we're in and that and that's a, that's a whole it's a lot of things right it's education it's youth development it, it's everything it's all those opportunities. What, well, okay, what about mental health? What about mental? Sure, health? mental. Exactly. Well, that's a perfect example. Investing in mental health services. That right now, when you call nine one one, a guy with a gun shows up, and that's not always the right prescription for what the person on the other end is calling for. So it's a matter of making sure that we're having we're making those investments, but we're also we're not taking things away without an alternative. Right? I think that the last mayor, unfortunately, used to get rid of things, but he wouldn't put anything in its place. He was there. We're getting rid of this thing because everyone hates it. But what are you going to replace it with? Well, we don't know yet. You can't do that. You have to have an alternative first. And I think that that's what folks are getting out here. All right. What um, before I let you go, Justin? Let, you know what's uh, 
What's your prediction for the city of New York for the next uh, from you know we're at the halfway mark, right? What are, what are we doing for the next six months? We're going to be good. This is we're going to have a good summer. We're going to struggle a little bit more. I mean, you just told us, which was helpful, that economists are saying you know we won't be back up on our feet for what, what another two and a half years, something like that. You said the end of twenty twenty four. Right, right. I that's think that's a long time, bro. <laughs> I know it really is, and it's and it's scary, and it also shows you just how much of an anomaly the city of New York is with the rest of the country. And also just reminds you of just how hard hit we were and how much we rely on tourists, on tourism, and how much that feeds our tax base. Um, so I think, you're, you know, look, as long as COVID stays under control and there's no new, you know, waves and strains, I think you're going to see tourism come back. You're going to see the hospitality industry come back. All those, you know, so-called lower-wage workers, um, once, they, once they get back up and running and the city's back on our feet, that's that's really when we're back, and I'm optimistic. I mean, looking at just bare, just at the numbers, totally data driven, the way things are headed, they're actually headed. It's looking a lot better than people might think. I have one last question for you, Councilman. We're talking to Councilman Justin Brennan. He's the chairman of the Finance Committee. Who decides like how much money Councilman Brennan gets? Brennan gets versus you know, another council person in what district do all of you get the same amount of money and then you decide how to spend it your own way? Yeah, right. So we all get the same amount and then we're, you know, we can allocate it, you know, accordingly. Um, there's different, you know, I don't want to bore everybody, but there's different initiatives and different programs you can access. But by and large, everyone gets the same amount of money. Okay. And just to put you on the spot for the last, uh, the last question, and, you know, you sure. can take the fifth as, uh, you know, I, I could be your lawyer if you want. Uh, you know, Mayor Adams has been there six months. How's he doing? Look, I think he's doing a good job. He's, you got to give the guy time. I mean, you, you know, we, we ran a million miles into the woods. You can't, you know, you got to run a million miles out. Um, and, and I think, you know, I want to get this budget passed. I want to get the budget behind us. I want to focus on having a, a safe and, a, and a, a calm and a peaceful summer. And then I want to focus on, on getting the city back. And, uh, look, I endorsed Eric. Uh, I endorsed him early on. Um, and and I, his look at the end of the day, his success is our city's success. Everyone should be rooting for the guy. I'm with you 100. percent All right, folks, here on the Authorized Dollar Power Hour on AM 970, the answer. A fellow Bay Ridgeite. We went to the same grammar school, a couple of decades apart, but that's okay. PS 185, rocking the house. Uh, Justice Brandon, thanks for uh, thanks for finding the time, and maybe uh, as you know, the budget really starts to come into focus, you could jump back on and tell us who the winners were and who the losers are, and um, uh, you know, let's take care of that rainy day fund because as I tell my clients when they come in when they've gotten some trouble, I'm like, you know, that rainy day fund you got? Well, it's pouring out right now, so and you never know when that's going to happen. That's right. Thank you, Artie. God bless. Thank you. All right, be well. It's New York City Councilman Justin Brandon. We are going to take a quick break. I am going to have a little sip of water. I'm going to wait to hear the Rolling Stones introduce me back in, and then we're going to talk about right on the heels of Justin Brandon. I have a commercial real estate uh, specialist coming on to talk about. I'm in Midtown Manhattan. Are, are all these all these offices going to get filled up again? Because you know, although I see some tourism, I could talk to my friends, and most people. They're coming in three days a week, one day a week, every other day. They have Fridays off. What's going to happen with the commercial real estate market in New York City? Don't go anywhere. Hello, Kevin McCullough here, coming up tonight at 7. 
It's all about going back to jolly old England. Will you join us? Valerie Delia, Kevin McCullough, glad to see you tonight at 7, only on AM 970, The Answers, Travel Night. Register now to take a journey that will impact you forever with Dr. Sebastian Gorka and Dinesh D'Souza for 10 life-changing days, exploring over 40 historic sites in Israel this November 30th through December 9th. Sign up now at StandWithIsraelTour.com. Attention homeowners, if you have a mortgage with Bank of America, Chase, Citibank, or any other major servicer, then you must pay attention. Regulators have reached a multi-million dollar settlement over foreclosure abuse claims. Your mortgage may be satisfied already. If not, you may be eligible for a principal reduction or a rate reduction as low as 2%. Call 1-800-731-6469. If you've been denied for a loan modification, harassed by your bank, stuck in document and voicemail hell, stop the madness and stop Stay in your home. Barney Janoni, attorney at law, can help. Call 1-800-731-6469. Are you facing foreclosure? Received a summons or complaint behind on your mortgage? Call Barney Janoni. Foreclosure defense, mortgage modifications, and we will appear in court to defend your rights. Get help now and get protected. Uh, hey, Dad? Cool if I change this? They may not get each other's music, but they can both get a COVID-19 booster shot. Because the CDC recommends booster shots for people 12 years and older after completion of a primary series. Schedule an appointment as soon as you are eligible. Sponsored by BioNTech and Pfizer. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. Freehold Mitsubishi in Freehold Township, New Jersey, is proud to be an automotive leader in our area and sponsor of the Arthur Idala Power Hour. Driving ambition for 40 years in the United States, Mitsubishi Motors sees the automotive industry differently. Mitsubishi challenges convention with innovative approaches in the way Mitsubishi engineers and builds their vehicles. Just look at the all-new redesigned 2022 Mitsubishi Outlander. Now in stock in all trim levels and all with a flex Flexibility of third row seating. Visit Freehold Mitsubishi today. FreeholdMitsubishi.com or call 732-863-2788. We're back to the Arthur Idala Power Hour with New York City's preeminent trial attorney and quintessential New Yorker, attorney Arthur Idala. You just heard about uh, Freehold Mitsubishi. That, I spoke to Michael this morning, the owner. They knocked it out of the park uh, over the Memorial Day weekend, Friday and, and Saturday. Uh, there's blue laws in New Jersey, so they're not allowed to be open on Sundays and holidays. But um, I'm telling you, just go into that little rainy day fund we've talked about and go in and ask one of the guys there to, to if, you, if you're not into, like, you know, a, a new perfect car, Go ask them to find you like some cool little convertible for not a lot of money. And that and that, that that gets good gas mileage, by the way. I am so happy these days. So happy with my little Fiat 500. You know, people are like, oh, you're this big lawyer in New York. What do you got? The big Mercedes, the big BMW? No, I get the little Fiat 500. A friend of mine I saw this weekend, he got the new uh, Jeep. I think it's the Grand Wagoneer. It's a big SUV, big. It's brand new. And I go, how do you like it? He goes, I love it. Except when I pull in the gas station. He goes, I'm getting about 12 miles to the gallon. Um, you know, out east this weekend, 
when I passed through Southampton, $6. I believe regular was $6, and super was six and change. Or as my dad would call it, high test. Remember high test? Uh, so things are going up. The one thing that's not going up in the city of New York that I know of is the occupancy rate of Manhattan office workers who are here full time. So uh, we reached out to Sam Lieberman, who is a specialist in the office in the area of commercial real estate. So Sam, it's Arthur Idala. Tell me, I'm sitting here on 45th and 5th. Am I the only schmuck who's like got everyone back to work full time? You know, 24-7, Monday through Friday. We were here Friday of Memorial Day weekend until 5 p.m. You know, we were back in bright and early. Like, am I the idiot who's like, I'm, I'm holding up the whole commercial, a midtown commercial real estate economy? Well, you're not the idiot, but you are the minority. And first of all, tell, thank you for getting me off the streets. Because now I know how a fried egg feels. It is horrible <laughs> outside. Yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, you know. The reality is that you don't need to live in a city anymore to do business in a city anymore. And technology such as Zoom is about, it's become an office building's worst, worst nightmare. Um, right now, do you know what the occupancy rate in Manhattan is? In the no. 30s. 30s. Now, is that, are you talking about the whole, the whole island of Manhattan or a particular region? Yeah, Manhattan. Manhattan, okay? Manhattan Island, the occupancy rate in office buildings is a little over 30%. Nationwide, it's only 37%. And in my opinion, it's never going to go over 65%. And that's why I am predicting Armageddon. Hello, bank. Bye-bye property. Wish it wasn't true, but I just don't see how office building owners are going to get out of What's happening? Well, if for those increase. Well, for those of us who aren't as smart as you are, tell me what does that mean? Armageddon, hello, bank, bye, bye. <clears throat> what do you, What do you mean by that? Well, what I mean by that is that at sixty five percent occupancy or below, uh, eventually, as these leases expire, you know, right now tenants are asking for the earth, the moon, and the stars in return for their tenancy. And rates are going down because there's so many vacant buildings. And when that happens, when you have to now pay brokers for vacant space, if you're a law firm, you have 30,000 square feet, your workers haven't been there for a year, you know what? My lease is up. I don't need 30,000 square feet. I only need 15,000 square feet. So they call the owner, and I don't want to pay $80 a foot. I only want to pay $60 a foot because they're offering me the same space across the street. Now, the ramifications of that on property value are dramatic, and that's the main reason why I feel that the holding the office building for many, many owners won't be worth it anymore, and they're going to be giving it back to the bank. I've been there before. I've been there in the uh, 1990s and the early 2008, but I've never seen a perfect storm what's happening now to real estate and office buildings all around the country. I well, Sam, hope I'm wrong. I love Manhattan, but I don't see it. Well, Sam, let's just give some, some people some background on, on you know, you, from where you speak. You're the fund manager for the Rolling Cash Opportunity Fund, correct? Yep. Okay. And you have and, some substantial interest here in uh, the city of New York. Well, I've owned over 40 buildings in Manhattan at one time. I have over 70 in my career. And in 2008, I sort of divested of Manhattan and got into Texas. I saw that as being booming, but I still have a, an office building in Manhattan. I still have other, you know, smaller buildings in Manhattan. 
But like I said, I've done new construction, 21-story building on 23rd between uh, 2nd and 3rd. I've done a lot of stuff in Manhattan. I have a lot of experience. I've been through the many storms in New York and, and through God knows how many uh, ups and downs. So I'm a seasoned guy. So, and, Sam, just, um, just play that out for a second. So the, the, the owner now has this huge uh, loan on the building, and he gives it back to the bank. Now what happens? Okay, so I'm staring at all these buildings on 5th Avenue in Manhattan that now whatever bank owns them, now what happens? Mm -hmm. Well, it happened before in the 90s, and in 2008 when I bought my buildings, I think there's going to be a tremendous opportunity to buy properties at bargain basement prices. Because, you know, the bank doesn't want the buildings either. Remember, when the bank forecloses, they have a mortgage. They weren't getting paid interest before, and they're not getting interest now. And they have liability, and they have vacancies. And do they have so, to pay taxes as well? Uh, they pay all the operating expenses. That's right, with no tenants or, you know, a half-built building. And if they try to rent the building, rent the space, there's a tremendous cost in, in a brokerage fee, renovation costs, free rent, especially now when tenants are asking for everything. So, and the valuation of the building, when you reduce the rent, that kills your valuation. So in the 90s, you know, I have a saying, you got to buy real estate when nobody wants it. And right now everybody wants it, but soon I don't think they're going to want it. And I wish somebody could show me where I'm wrong, but I, I just don't see it. So um, do, people do are see, not going back to work. Do you see some of these this commercial? Now, I have some very good friends who are in the uh, residential Manhattan market, and mm -hmm. they say the numbers aren't going through the roof financially, but that the inventory is moving. Well, you're talking about rentals or condos? I'm talking about condos and co-ops. Yes. There's, first of all, there's a, a shortage of rental housing across the nation. A tremendous shortage. The problem is, especially in New York City, progressives won't let you build anything. I don't know if you heard, but the 421A now is about to expire, and that, they're not renewing it. When I built a 21-story building on 23rd Street, that was one of the main incentives to build the 21-story building. Tell, tell, folks, tell folks what the 421A is. 421A is tax abatement, where at that time uh, it was 10.8 years where they basically would freeze your assessment. So what happens is when you buy a new building and uh, it gets reassessed, and it could be you build a 30-story building or whatever, your, your taxes could be millions and millions of dollars. So there is a freeze, and it gets the assessment gets and the taxes get phased in over a period, over 10.8 years. So it's a tremendous tax break. It's not cash, you know, if someone's writing you a check, but it's a tax break. It's a big incentive for owners who are signing 30, 40 million dollar construction loans personally to build. And just today in Harlem, I read 900 units in Harlem when was just canned, canceled. They canceled it. They, they wouldn't approve it. On a West 145th Street and Lenox Avenue, a 31-story residential tower, which they agreed to do half affordable housing, and that wasn't good enough. And now what they're going to do is they're going to leave it, and the owner says, I'll make it a storage place. I mean, it's crazy. Who, now, who, who, now, who yeah. declined them when you said that it didn't pass? I guess it's who, the city council. Um, okay. You know, it's. Uh, Do you see a scenario where some of this workspace becomes residential space, that, like what happened down on you know Lower um, Manhattan? Uh, the problem with that is that, first of all, you have to get 
zoning commission, and when you convert an office building to residential, you have to do something called cut the building. In other words, it's a different floor plan for residential. So you lose space. You need more bathrooms, common areas, right, mm -hmm. than you do in an office building. So you actually lose space by converting. So you have to be really creative in how you're going to do it. Um, and the zoning, you know, they're not going to just let people start, you know, converting office buildings to rent. You know, you have to go through a big, big process. So I don't know if they can hold on long enough. Remember, office building owners were, were getting killed to, through the pandemic. I have an office building, uh, a tenant, two doctors owed me over $100,000 in rent. They moved out. And I have personal guarantees. And guess what? I still can't sue on the guarantees. You're not allowed. Sam Liebman, so, who, uh, you know, he's a, a specialist here in commercial real estate. I am proud to tell you that uh, I am up to date with my uh, my rental payments here on uh, at 546 Fifth <laughs> Avenue all through the pandemic. That's why, to be honest with you, that was one of the reasons why I insisted on everyone coming in. I'm like, hey, this is no joke, this rent payment. And I look, I, this is my two cents. I know what you're saying. Oh, people who work from Zoom and, and, and from home. It depends what you do. When you have people's lives in your hands, like we do here at Idala Bertuna and Cameron's at my law firm, I want all the brains around to bounce things off of each other. And, uh, you know, that's how my, my industry, or at least my law firm, works. But, Sam, thank you so much. You were very educational and insightful. Oh, a, and I hope you're 100% wrong, obviously, about your predictions. I hope I'm 100% wrong, too. And it's been a pleasure speaking with you. I've watched your show, and I, I, really, I really love it. And I love thank your you, energy, Sam. and thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Sam Lieben. That's the uh, update on commercial real estate here in New York. I have another friend of mine, Derek. I'm going to get him on. You know, he's a broker who does a lot of uh, the, the leases around here, and he'll give us a little forecast on what things look like uh, all around the city. But, uh, you know, we got to be positive, high energy, be psyched. Follow the lead of Matt Sambolino, man. Glasses half full, man. Glasses half full. We'll be right back. The Arthur Idala Power Hour is sponsored in part by the good people at Freehold Mitsubishi in Freehold Township, New Jersey. America's been thunderstruck by the all-new 2022 Mitsubishi Outlander. Get high style without the high price, plus an industry-leading 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain limited warranty. Drive one today at Freehold Mitsubishi for the best selection and outstanding customer service. Just a short ride from anywhere in the metro tri-state area. Visit FreeholdMitsubishi.com or call 732-863-2788. Buying a home requires a lending partner who can help you navigate through the mortgage process. A Citizens Bank loan officer can help answer all your questions and help you select the products you need in a clear and personal way. So the next time you have a question about home financing, call 212 85 2-1-2-8-5-7-6-6-6-8 and ask a citizen. Mortgages are offered and originated by Citizens Bank NA, NMLS number 433960, Equal Housing Lender. 
Hey, Jerry Hickey here. And Amanda Williams. Welcome to the Invite Health Buy One, Get One Free Memorial Day sale. Buy any Invite Health product at suggested retail and get the second bottle free. Call 800-789-1125. That's 800-789-1125. Want to lose a few pounds? This is the perfect time to try our newest formula, Probiotic HX Weight. Powerful combo of healthy probiotic and fruit and vegetable extract shown in human clinical trials to support healthy weight loss. Get your summer off to the right start. The sale is on now. Buy any Invite Health supplement at suggested retail and get the second bottle free. Give us a call to order by phone or to speak with a degreed healthcare professional seven days a week. Video consultations are also available. Take advantage of Invite Health buy one get one free Memorial Day sale. Contact Invite at 800-789-1125. That's 800-789-1125. Or go to invitehealth.com. Invite Health. Get healthy, stay healthy. It's Dr. Lederman talking about prostate cancer. Your PSA went from 3 to 4 to 6. Correct. And then all of a sudden it jumped to 60. It was a shock to me. That's when I called Radio Surgery New York. Your office is a whole nother world. You immediately took this whole thing into your own hands. It's beyond efficient. Did you ever have a doubt that we weren't working for your benefit? Not for one second. And you knew that you had a cancer of the prostate that was aggressive and went to lymph nodes. We put together a plan to try to get this terrible cancer under control, right? It was just like you say, no pain, no cutting, no bleeding. It was so easy. No side effects, no nothing. Just perfect. What was your PSA this week? 0.02. Wow. For more prostate cancer information, call Dr. Lederman. Two and two choices. Two and two choices. Most insurances, Medicare, Medicaid accepted. 1384 Broadway. Kevin McCullough is next on AM 970. The answer. This speech is my recital. I think it's very vital to rock around. That's right. On top. It's tricky. Here we go. It's tricky to rock around, to rock around. That's right. On time. It's tricky. It's tricky. 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 DMC from Run DMC is 58 years old today. My gosh, uh, I mean, you know, this, these guys were mega stars back in the day. Clint, is, Clint Eastwood is 92. Joe Namath 79. Brooke Shields. Oh, did I have a thing for her? The eyebrows. There's something about the eyebrows on Brooke Shields. And I've got to meet her several times. Oh, I have a Brooke right in front of me, Brooke Schwartz. Um, and she has beautiful eyebrows also. Are you allowed to say that? Is that like sexual harassment to like tell your friend's daughter who's interning for you that she's got nice eyebrows? Have it gone, has it gone that far that you can't compliment someone's eyebrows anymore? And if he was alive, Don Amici would be 114 years old today. Yes, the Don Amici and someone who's not as old as Don Amici would have been, um, but is a little older, set his own record, and that would be Tom Cruise. I will tell you, someone whose opinion I respect on on a lot of things is the great Al Gatulo on Piscopo's show, and I saw him put something out saying that Top Gun Maverick, which is the sequel to Top Gun, the great 80s, I think it's an 80s thing, right? Yeah, 86, uh, blockbuster, uh, 
Catullo said it's great. And if he said it's great, it must be great because it set a Memorial Day record. Yes, a Memorial Day domestic box office record. I think it beat out Pirates of the Caribbean by $3 million. Who knows where they get these numbers from? But whatever, it sounds good. It's uh, Tom Cruise's biggest debut in 40 years. It got 96% on Rotten Tomatoes, and 55% of the audience were old people. They were 34 years or older. Yes, Brooke, those are old people. Anyone over 34 years old. Apparently, those are the people most reluctant to return to return in person to theaters. And Tom Cruise, the way Arthur Idala insisted everyone came into the office, well, Tom Cruise insisted that everyone go to the theater because it is not streaming. You have to go to the movies, buy some popcorn, grab a soda, sit there and and experience the wraparound sound. Sam Bolin, quick, what was the last movie theater movie you went to? Gosh, I can't remember. Uh, Neither it wasn't can that I, long man. ago. Really? Uh, probably the new um, the Ghostbusters movie. I saw that several months ago. It was oh. fun. I was the only one in the theater, too. I'm trying to think. I, I'm i a big Planet of the Apes guy. Whenever the Planet of the Apes movie come out, have I seen anything? I know I've seen something since the pandemic hit, but I forget what it was. But I love going to the movies. I don't get to go to the movies that, that often. I, my buddy Frank, who is someone who I consider who... Uh, has a pretty packed schedule. He sees all these movies. He, he knows about all these movies. I'm dying to find out when when is he watching these movies? Like, you know, a movie is, a, is really a two hour commitment at best, and uh, I just can't seem to find the time. I feel like I should be reading. Uh, although I'm wrong. I know I'm wrong. My buddy Eric Hatsamemos. He's another movie guy. He's such a busy dude, but he's watching movies. Uh, my dad watches a lot, of, a lot of movies now at this point in his life, but he's doing like the Turner Movie Channel. I, I, he, I, he throws out all these movies from the 30s and 40s and all of that. So I'm sure he's seen some Don Amici movies, and Don Amici was big on the radio as well. I hear Dire Straits playing. I hear Mark Knopfler playing So Far Away From Me from their awesome album, Brothers in Arms. I hope you all had a wonderful Memorial Day weekend. God bless our troops. God bless the veterans. And I will see you tomorrow, live and local, New York City. The preceding program, sponsored by Freehold Mitsubishi. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.